Welcome back, Spotlight listeners. It's Jill Shabelman with Stories, Inc. here to tee up part two of our 2024 trends. In part one, we talked about AI for content creation, how we see employer brand aligning with internal comms this year, and the impact of content featuring frontline and behind-the-scenes employees. If you missed part one, I highly recommend you head over to it now and catch up before listening to part two. In today's episode, we're going to walk through the last three trends to leave you inspired to jump into 2024. Let's get to it. All righty. Next, we are welcoming back Jill. Welcome back. Thank you. Um, what is another trend that we can expect to see in 2024? Sure. So I think another trend is continuing to activate employees as brand ambassadors. So employee advocacy has been a growing trend for quite some time. Um, Gartner predicted that by 2023, 90% of B2B companies would include employee advocacy as a social media strategy. And it's really no wonder why, because the data shows that employees sharing their perspective on social is a win for companies, ambassadors, and candidates. So I'm going to spout out a few more stats, but I think they're really important. So employee advocacy is good for companies. So what we've seen is companies with employees sharing high-quality content and thought leadership are 58% more likely to attract talent. And employee advocacy is great for ambassadors. So 86% of employees who participate in employee advocacy programs say it positively impacts their careers. And it's great for candidates. So 76% of individuals say they're more likely to trust candidates shared by normal people than content shared by brands. And LinkedIn says that six people a minute are hired on their platform right now. And so if you think about that magnitude and you think about your people on LinkedIn sharing your company's story, sharing their stories, it's a great way to get the right information in front of candidates by the people that they already know. Yeah, I love all those steps. The one that kind of jumps out to me, because I think sometimes when you think about doing this, it's like you feel like you're making an ask of employees. But the fact that people are reporting that it's positively impacting their career. They're getting value out of it. They feel like they are even more involved in their organization, that there's all these positive things that come out of it. It really does make it a no-brainer. Yeah, definitely. And um, there's another Edelman report just recently done called Trust at Work, and it has some stats in there of over the last two years, the trend that's been happening with employees on their own, just wanting to share about work and sharing their personal work stories. So it's a trend that employees want to. Yes. So it has been growing, but I know we do think that 2024, there's going to be increased activity here. So what does that kind of look like? How are we going to see employee advocacy continue to evolve in the new year? Yeah, as we see more and more companies standing up these programs, it just means there's more competition for social media attention and what's in your feed. And so I think the emphasis is really going to have to be on quality. So making sure that your ambassadors posts stand out. So to me, the real winners in the space are going to be companies who have ambassadors sharing personalized content. That really captures the attention of their network, not just content shared from ad- advocacy tools or platforms, which that stuff's great. But I think to stand out, you're going to have to get your ambassador sharing more. And so in this vein, I think the focus of advocacy program leaders is going to need to be from moving from how do we amplify this content we already have to how do I train my ambassador team to be able to have the confidence to share their own stories on social and help connect the dots for their followers of why they're in a meaningful career and why this could be a great place to work. So there's a lot of work that needs to go into that. It means probably a lot of training for ambassadors and really helping them understand how to do this well. And I think spending your time there and a focus on training and getting ambassadors to feel like they've got the confidence to do this effectively just means you have more empowered ambassadors. They're posting better content, let's be honest. 
it's an engagement technique for them. They feel more engaged to a program if they're getting constant um, training or just reinforcement of here's how to do things well. And I think investors see things like this as a perk and a career growth opportunity, helps them build their brand, build better thought leadership, and just be a better communicator on social and out in the world. So lots of good things that can happen here. Yeah, absolutely. And not to keep overusing the word trend, but I think like the interconnectedness of outcomes is something that we've been hearing all day today of like good for all of these different groups. Yep. Awesome. Thanks for you sharing your two cents on employee advocacy in the coming year. Of course. Okay, so our, our next trend is a similar vein, but really worth talking about specifically. And to discuss that, I'm bringing you back. Lauren, welcome back. Hello, thanks for having me again. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about humanizing leadership, a topic I know you care a lot about, and what that is going to look like in 2024? Yes. So Jill shared some really compelling data on the power of employee advocacy just now, and that's also something I'm excited about. And this impact becomes even more pronounced when you activate your leaders on social media sites like LinkedIn and help them share their stories and build connections with their audience. Why is it worth separating out these groups a little bit in terms of how you think about it, how you strategize? So you have your brand ambassadors, but then we're really talking about leaders. So like, why is it worth it to focus on leaders? Yes, I think several reasons. The first is that they could be experts in their space. So that would be one. Uh, the second would be that they could have very large networks and also they could have large untapped networks that are just waiting to be activated. So I know that was certainly true for me. You know, I'm a co-founder of a small company. I never posted my own thought leadership until this year. I hid behind the corporate channel if I had something to say. But I have a lot of connections because I've been in the working world for quite some time and I've built that network over time. But I wasn't really engaging with my connections in a public way. And now I am, and I'm seeing the benefits of that. Another point is that leaders, especially founders and the C-suite, have a perspective on the business that people really care about. So first, they can give insight into strategic shifts and company decisions. They can talk about what they learned about along the way and why a company did something in a particular way. But also, we've known for a long time that the best performing content is really about how leaders got to where they are today. So think about that, how I built this model, but for careers. We've known that's the best performing internal content for quite some time. Employees want to know how their leaders got to where they are and looking for insight into how to build a career that's similar. So that type of content is also especially powerful for a leader who may have started at their company and are now a leader at that company. So they have this path that they can share how they got there. So I'd say those are a few reasons to focus on leaders. Yeah. I love that. And as a marketer, I love the idea of just like honing in on an untapped audience that it's like potentially there's all these people who they want to hear from you and they're ready like they're there oh, kind of thing it's already been built just activate it like yeah. it's already there uh, yeah it's like a missed opportunity i love the thinking that way as well yeah. Yeah, it really is a no-brainer so how do you see this strategy actually being executed so what does it mean for companies they're like okay i get it we should humanize our leaders but what do we have to do Yes. I, I know Jill mentioned something similar, but thoughtful and really good content that's helpful and engaging and valuable to people is actually pretty hard to do, especially for someone who doesn't already have that content creating muscle. They're not someone that's in communications or marketing. They're not used to talking about themselves in personal ways. So communications and marketing teams need to play a really major role here in supporting their leader's personal brand content strategy. They can do that a few ways. The first is identifying, you know, what the brand objectives are and then helping the leader pair those personal experiences um, with those objectives. And then also help the leader discover their voice 
uncover those impactful experiences, help them discover their perspective, and then look for ways to complement that and brand objectives. But I thought authenticity is the word of 2023. Still true in 2024. Still very important. Will probably always be very important. But the whole point is to not turn your leaders into branded robots, to help them really be themselves and to bring their real voice through. I'd say the other thing is consistency is key and possibly the biggest challenge. And I know for myself, I believe in this type of posting. I've been doing it. I see the benefits. I see it working for me and our brand, but I have trouble posting consistently without a thought partner. That's just a reminder to support those leaders. It's valuable. It works, but they're going to need some support. Mm -hmm. I think that's all really good advice. So that's a lot on the strategy side of things, but what types of content can be creating that works really well here? Yeah, like building on our discussion earlier and our trends, I love when we can tie them all together in some way. A leadership series is a really good idea. You've got the time of a leader already. How do you make the most of that time? And I would say cre creating a, a series that you can space out over time on LinkedIn. And there's lots of topics that are relevant to an audience for that leader. So I know we've already mentioned a few, but just to, to recap is why they make certain decisions that they have for the company what they've learned along the way and that like how I built this, things that, that happened in their career, mentors that they had, that if leaders are uncomfortable talking about themselves solely, focusing on those that they learn from or those that help them along the way is a good idea. And of course, if their subject matters, experts in a certain, certain discipline to absolutely talk about that and tap into that. So those are just a few topics for what a leadership series could be. Yeah. Those are all really great ideas. Awesome. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Lauren. Yeah, thank you. Testing more leader content in the new year. Yes, me too. See you later. All right. Last but not least, we are joined by Ayla Libby. Hello. Um, Welcome. Can you introduce our last trend for us today? So what we've done five. What's number six? Ooh, let's do it. Number six is activate employer brand globally. Awesome. I love it. So why is this something that companies are going to be focusing on in 2023? So 2023 was really a year for EVP refreshes as companies settled into new work rhythms and realized their culture content was outdated, especially as we all got out of the pandemic. But there's still a lot of work to be done to activate these EVPs and bring them to life. So a trend that I'm seeing a lot of in this new year is if you're a global organization, really shifting the focus globally in creating content that highlights that employer brand around the world. Yeah, I think it's such a good call because not to always like harp on the pandemic, but it's like for years, like culture was evolving. We didn't really know what work, to look, work looked like. It was changing so much. And then travel was limited. So there was a lot of factors that kind of went into that global content creation piece being put to the side for a bit that I think is just something that companies are realizing that it's time to bring this to life, really focus their employer brand efforts on that global scene if you are a global organization. Yeah, for sure. Well, what does that kind of look like in terms of actually creating content to activate that brand globally? It's a great question. So as a global company, it's really critical to communicate how your culture is experienced by all team members, not just those in close proximity to your headquarters. So for global employer brand leaders, like many of you, this content really falls into what we think of as sort of two categories, universal and then local. Universal culture content answers the question, what do employees experience no matter where they work, whether that's 
Boston or Bangalore. So understanding what's consistent about your workplace culture and the world is really incredibly powerful and assuring to candidates. So those topics often include things like mission, purpose, and benefits, as well as culture themes like flexibility, innovation, DEI. So those should be really consistent no matter where in the world the employee or associate is sitting. Yeah. And just to reiterate what you said, it's like when you think about what that actually would look like in a video or a blog post or any other piece of content, it's to hear about mission or to hear about flexibility and then see someone from Bangalore and Boston and South America and Australia to have all these different global perspectives. That is reassuring and it shows that it's not just a one-off kind of thing. It really is just pervasive throughout the organization. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's universal. What do people have to think about when they think about activating their global employer brand locally? Yeah, so beyond the universal experience, company culture can drastically differ per location. And candidates often have different questions and expectations due to cultural nuances and unique office cultures. So while we have that, again, that universal, consistent culture, each location is, of course, still going to have its own feel that should be reflected in the content. For example, we uncovered stories from a global video game studio where we conducted interviews and uncovered stories from storytellers in the United States, Canada, Ireland, and China. And we were able to reflect what was universal. So that's the commitment to the game and the players and their deep technical expertise, as well as the unique culture in each office. So that was things like the small team and collaboration that really was somewhat unique and specific to Shanghai. So the more specific your employee stories, the more insight you give candidates and the faster you can move them through the candidate funnel, which always is a good thing in our goal. Yeah, no, I love that example that it's like a unique bottle size in Shanghai. And it's like that affects what it's like to work there. So you should talk about it. Exactly. And as you're thinking about doing a project like this, it's like you have to put your content planning hat on. That if I'm going to visit Shanghai and visit Ireland in the U.S., there's a lot of work that goes into that and making sure that yeah. you're thinking of the universal themes that you want to talk about. Think about the local implications of things. Yeah. Just to make the most of your time. You're uncovering those stories. Yeah, it's a great point. And kind of one thing we did that was fun for the Shanghai video, even though the entire video was in English, we started with each storyteller saying, hello, welcome to the Shanghai office in Chinese. And so we have, of course, English subtitles. The rest of the video is in in English so that it is applicable and or that anybody in the U.S. could also follow the video. But we do have a nice opening in Chinese. So that's just a little touch to make it really feel personal and local to the office. Yeah, I love that. Great tip. Awesome. Thanks, Anna. Thanks for telling us a little bit more about global EB activation. And we'll see you next time. You see you. I'll just to quickly recap the six employer brand content trends we see for 2024 are AI for employer brand content creation, the alignment of employer brand and internal comms. We have featuring frontline and behind the scenes workers in Meet the Maker series, employee advocacy, humanizing those leaders on LinkedIn, and last but not least, global employer brand activation. So thank you all for joining us. And here's to a great 2024. And there you have it, the six trends we anticipate seeing come to life this year. If these conversations are giving you things to consider and think about, go ahead and follow or subscribe to the Spotlights by Stories Inc. podcast on whatever platform you listen in on. We have lots more to share this year and you're not going to want to miss it. As always, thank you for listening in. Head over to storiesincorporated.com for more resources, guides, and tips on growing your employee story efforts no matter what role you're in. 